Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us. We thank you that through the communion of saints that we have received faith from you. Lord, help us to be your saints. Help us to be people who are learning from you, who are always in relationship with you, who see that relationship with you as one of being in relationship with all other believers. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us so through your word our minds and our hearts are transformed so we live as people who are your people in this world, focused on the future you give us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. All Saints Day is a, a day that's been in a Christian calendar for many years, a day where, as I, I spoke about, of where people usually, and traditionally it was, people would come to church to remember those who had passed in the last 12 months. But as if you think about it, it's that if you look around our church, we are filled with saints. We are filled with people who God loves, God cherishes, but God also calls saints. And that means that we strike away the human understanding of saints. The human understanding that saints are perfect people. Saints have got it all together. Saints have got everything right. In fact, I was reading a book in this last week called Ordinary Saints. And the encouragement for, for, in that book is for all of us to see ourselves as saints, but also to see all the people who have shared Jesus with us as people who are saints, no matter how flawed or how difficult they are. But one of the challenges that we have on All Saints Sunday for some people is it's about remembering the past, remembering someone in the past, remembering someone they've lost. And this can also be a challenge for us as Christians is what we focused on the past. One of my frustrations as pastors is when we're in a congregation and we're, we're mixing with people is they keep thinking about the past, how good it used to be, how good it used to be when the church was filled, how good it used to be when all this was happening. And it gets even more frustrating sometimes where old members come back or old pastors come back and they gather around them and they talk about the good old days. But then, and that's not the problem, but the problem is they're not interested in being the active church today, being active saints today. And so today, what I'm going to encourage you to think about is that as Christians, from our Revelations reading, that we have a future together. We have a future together with God. And so to start us off, I want you to think about this question. When you think about life, is your mind mainly thinking about the past? Is it thinking about the present? Or is it thinking about the future? Are you thinking about how life used to be so fantastic and so good in the past? Occasionally I come across people who will say, oh, life used to be so much good and life is just getting worse. From their perspective, that's how they're seeing things. But if you actually go through history, what you discover is the same complaints that people have today, people have had for many years. Some years ago, I came across an article which was in um, a church magazine, which was a letter, an article that someone had written and pondering about the good old days. The good old days when youth behaved and when people were passionate about Jesus. Now here's the interesting thing. That article was written in 1889. 
Sometimes we can either look at the past from glorious how good things were or we can look at it from how bad things were. Other people are more focused on the future and particularly today, I'm just going to live in the world. I'm just going to live today. This morning when I opened up the, the Daily Telegraph, there was this huge, huge advertising about taking holidays. You know, you've, you deserve to go and enjoy yourself and live. And many people today just living for today. Living for what's on today. You know, one of the challenges that we have in Sydney is it's so busy and people allow themselves to get so busy and caught up in things that they neglect their spiritual life, they neglect their life with God because they're so consumed about keeping up with the rest of the world, what they're doing and enjoying life. Or are you focused on the future? Now, focusing on the future can be both a good thing to look forward to something or it can be a draining thing. For some people I've, I've encountered said, I don't want to think about the future. And they usually grab one passage of scripture to justify not thinking about the future. And that passage is the passage that says, don't worry about tomorrow. And what they often forget about is most of scripture is about encouraging us to look forward to the future with God. But the problem is that some people are so worried about the future because A, they can't control it, and B... B, they can steep down their concern whether they will have a good future. Well, can I encourage you to engage with God that's in the Bible? Because as we engage with God in the Bible, we see that there is a future for us. And it's not a bad future, but it's also a future that we don't have to stress about. In thinking about the future, I come across a few things. and One of those was a slim, dusty song. Slim Dusty wrote this song called Looking Forward, Looking Back, which is a reminder that we look forward, but we also look back occasionally, but we look forward mainly. And these are the, the words there. There are strange days. Well, could have been written today, today's thing. Full of change on the way, but we'll be fine, unlike some. I'll be leaning forward to see what's coming. Looking forward, looking back. I've come a long way down the track. Got a long way left to go making songs from what I know. And probably that last line is a, a line that we as Christians should be living out, is making songs, sharing songs, praising God from what we know. Not from what we don't, but praising God for the future to come, but also the life that he's given us. And that's one of the reasons why we had all, have All Saints Day, is to thank God for the people he has placed in our life who have shared his love and his light with us. There's also a common life proverb which reminds us of the importance of dominating our lives with looking forward. There is a reason your windscreen is a lot larger than your rear vision mirror. Where you are headed should get a lot more attention than where you have come from. And when, I, when you listen to stories and of organisations that seem to have got advanced despite the problems or people, this has been one of the proverbs that they share. Not a proverb from the Bible, but a life proverb that they've seen, look, approach life with a, a large windscreen and a small rear vision mirror. It's not about neglecting the past to look forward to the future, but it's about focusing more on the future. 
But then when we turn to scripture, we also see this encouragement to be future focused, to be focused on the future that God gives us. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is head, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And we come then to this book of Revelation, a book in the Bible, the last book in the New Testament, the last book in our Bible, a book that many people avoid because it's got some fairly graphic pictures and imagery. And I encourage you to think about those imageries as, what are those images saying? And to understand some of those images, you need to actually grab hold of the context. And the context is this, is John, who wrote the book of Revelation, he's been exiled. He's been pushed to an island, exiled away because of he has the faith and he's proclaiming the faith boldly. The Christians that are still on, on the mainland are, are basically not accepted by the majority of the community. They're under persecution, in fact. They're ridiculed for their faith. But John is given this prophecy from God about the future. The future that means that it's okay. Don't stress out that what happens in the present is only temporary, that the future is about to become because of what Jesus has done. And I generally encourage, particularly new Christians, but I encourage people who are asking the question, what will heaven be like, is read Revelations chapter 21 and 22. It starts with this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. One person, when I shared this, said, hold on a moment, isn't there only one heaven where God is? Well, part of Revelation is encouraging us to see there is a different way that God's going to be dealing with us. Heaven and earth is going to be different. And this is not just a New Testament. This is not just popped into John's head. This is actually in the Old Testament, grabbed it from Isaiah. And as we spoke about last week, that new way is about a way of grace that God relates to his people. He relates to us through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. He relates to you not because of what you've done right or wrong, but because of his love for you. He relates to you because he wants you to be in heaven and he relates to you under grace. That's how he sees you. So what does this new future look like? What does this together we have a future look like? Well, first thing to keep in mind is that it's already, been, it's already guaranteed, it's already secured. You don't have to stress about it. One of the problems with many people thinking about the future or looking towards the future is, what do I have to do? Will I be able to do that? There's so much unknown. Well, when we read the New Testament in particular, we can be assured that this, new, this future God is promising us is guaranteed and has been secured by him for us. Revelations chapter 21 verse 6a says, He said to me, it is done, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Which is often translated as God is in everything, he's all, everywhere, every place. But it also can mean that the future has been secured. And the reason it can mean that is if we jump back to John chapter 19 verse 30, when Jesus was on the cross, he said these words, It is finished. And what he meant by it is finished is my mission on earth to save the world is finished. Nothing more needs to be done. My death 
and then my resurrection is going to secure the future for all who trust in me. And so this future that we have is a future we can be confident to live with, knowing that it's secured and guaranteed. Does that mean we then just get on with life and start enjoying life and don't worry about anything more about our faith? Well, that's not the encouragement from God. The encouragement from God is for us to be active in our faith, to be active in the church community, to be active in receiving the faith and being assured by the faith, but also to be active in sharing the faith. Because this future that God is promising is a future that is far better than whatever anything we've experienced on this earth. It's a future that will be without sin or threat of evil. Revelations chapter 21 verse 4 says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the older order things have passed away. Just imagine life without pain. Some of us probably can are looking forward to that. A life with no pain, but also a life without death, a life without mourning, a life without sin. But verse 1 also reminds us there's also no threat of that evil ever coming back. Because in verse 1 it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I remember being in a Bible study and someone saying to me, Hold on a moment, if the new heaven and new earth has no sea, I don't know whether I enjoy that, because I enjoy going to the beach. But this is a picture figure. We need to remember who who are some of the people reading this. The Jewish community are reading this. and For Jewish people, evil is located in the sea, under the sea. Remember the story of Jesus walking on water? Jesus walking on water was a sign that he had power over evil. For many Jewish people, they are concerned were worried about, particularly in Jesus' time, that the Leviathan would come out of the sea and capture them, that evil was there. There was always this threat of evil. And so for us as Christians, we have got this guaranteed future where there's going to be no sin and no problems that sin occur, no consequences of sin, but also no threat of sin coming back into our life. And so together we have a future where we're always living with God. And this second part is important. And all other Christians without sin. Verse 3 from our reading today in Revelation says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Often when we're under persecution, under difficulties, going through problems and pain in our life, seeing the consequences of sin, we can often ask that question, where is God? Well, this future is one where God will be clearly present. We don't have to wonder where God is present. But not only is God present, so are all other believers. invite you to look around and All the people in this room, all the Christians you know will be there. And when I shared this with somebody once, they once said to me, hold on a moment, 
I know that's true, but I've got a problem because some of the Christians I know are not that great of people. I don't feel comfortable with them. And that's where it's important to remember that this time with all other Christians will be without sin. So the the problems that we have with others won't be present. But it's also a reminder that we are called to be a community of faith. Christianity is not just a me and God thing. Unfortunately, in the Western world, in the individualistic approach to the Western world, that's how many people are taking it. It's a me and God thing. I don't really need the church. I don't really need other Christians. I just can come to church occasionally to get a bit of feel, but I can just enjoy my relationship with God. I know God loves me and I read my Bible and I pray. But that's not living the full picture that God is calling us to live, calling us to live in community. The more you read the New Testament, you see there's this encouragement for living in community. Because as we know, faith is not just passed on through the Bible. It's, faith is passed on through the community of faith who have been connected with God. And the perfect picture of that will take place in the future where we'll have God always present with us. But we'll also will be living in the presence of others, with others. And as we've been thinking, that's why one of the reasons we have All Saints Day is to remember that we are a community of faith that's built on the faith of Jesus that comes to us through other people, both those living and dead. Some people have this picture that every Sunday they're in a church that is filled. You might say, where's that church? Well, it's right here, but it's filled not just with humans today, but also with all the saints of past time. So what I want to encourage you for the next three or four minutes is to turn some people around you and talk about who from your past are you looking forward to spend eternity with and why? Who from your past are you looking forward to spend eternity with and why? We'll give you two to three minutes just to have a quick chat with some people around you. All right, my, you know, you know, when I was thinking about this, one of the people that I'm looking forward to spend eternity with is my grandma on my father's side. Um, and that's basically because I knew her as a person of faith and there's many little stories, but I was very young when she died and I would like, I'm looking forward to spending more of those stories and life with her and understanding um, why she had this faith in Jesus. Because she did some, she was, she lived as a person who wanted to share Jesus with others. And she did some what I thought was some unusual things. Some would say weird things. Like one of the things that she would, would do is often have a money box in a key place of the house. And I asked her, what's the money box for? And she says, oh, this is to give, to remember to give to people who are in need so they could know God's love, both know by words, but also know materially. So when we think about 
this future that God's having, this future that God's preparing for us, the future that God has created to us, come back to that point that it's important to remember it's not about what we do. It's about that this is already secured because of what Jesus has done. But does that mean we forget about the past? Does that mean we just don't worry too much about the present? Well, here's one way to look at it. Together we have a future. Have a, encourage you to think about what does it mean for you to live with your mind strongly focused, strongly influenced by the future God has created? What does it mean for you to have this future that God has created for you through Jesus Christ to strongly influence how you think, how you interact, how you see today and how you see the past? And then when you come to the present, is look at what it means to share God's future in the present. Many of us could live in the present just to enjoy or to complain about what's going wrong or to enjoy the, the, the present. But ask yourself, what does it mean to share God's future, share the love that God has for you and for the world in your current situation? And that includes in your job situation. That includes in your family um, as you interact with people down the street. You know, one of the surprising things that happened to me in the last couple of weeks is um, I had to go to my dentist. And I actually don't mind going to my dentist for a number of reasons. Um, One, he pulls a tooth out and it doesn't hurt too much. But recently I discovered in one of my visits that he's a Christian. And you can actually see the way he cares for people explains some of the... is backed up by his faith. He doesn't overtly share a lot of his faith because otherwise I would have known that. But he talked about his faith and he talked about um, how important his faith was and why that was. And it was about caring for people. You can see that the care he has for people comes through his faith. And so I encourage you to think about that in your workplace. How may God be calling you to be one of his saints? As I mentioned last week, his missionary of grace in the workplace you're at or in your family or in the society or the community you're at. Put your present in that sort of thinking rather than how can I get the most of this? How can I enjoy life the best? How can I get everything for me? But rather, how can I share God's love and grace with the people? in the world. Because that's what some of these people that you light, lit a candle for did. They took an approach to life, some of the time at least, to go, life's not about me, but life is about sharing God's love with others so that they too can have a future. And then when it comes to the past, be thankful for those who have shared God's future with you in the past. Be thankful for the people who God has placed in your life and shared God's future, shared his love with you. And so with that card I've given you, you're most welcome to keep it for yourself. But I'd also encourage you to you know, take a photo of it, then send it on to somebody else to thank them for how they've shared God's grace and love with you. But think about that every day. Put the past in that perspective. Don't hold on to the past as the good old glory days or that's how life should be. God's not calling us to go back to the past. He's calling us to go into the future with him. A future that he secured, a future that will be without sin and a future that will be with him and all other believers. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the future you have given us. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us so we live with your future in mind. And may the future that you have created for us transform us to be your people on this earth, to be people who are full of your love, full of hope, full of joy, sharing you with others. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the saints that you have placed in our lives so we can know the future. May we be saints to all the people we encounter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.